You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Um, we skipped last week, but we're back. So we're covering post-election this week. Last time uh, we covered the election live and we kind of went down. Um, I'm not going to say without a fight because we were hustling for those votes until the very, very end of it. Um and it's, I, I feel like it's been a while since the election results. It's been two weeks, and the conversation has toned down a bit. Not as many people are speaking out. Not as many people are as vocal. Um, and I feel like people are like, okay, well, let's kind of just give tr- Trump a chance. Um, and not that I'm against that or for that, but... I kind of feel like the conversation isn't over yet because I know for me personally, I'm still not comfortable with it and I'm not necessarily happy with it and I'm not comfortable giving him a chance yet. And I feel like, you know, for a while it really got intense, especially on Twitter. And, you know, even when I put out a tweet saying how, you know, I, I, I wish Hillary had won, I wish Trump didn't win. And like so many people came for me and it got so ugly for a while. And I was like, okay, I feel like I need to take a day off. I need to take a break. I need to step away from this conversation. And then I sat there in bed and I'm like, but it's so easy for me to step away from this conversation. It's so easy to say it's too much. It's too intense. This is too heavy of a topic. I don't want to talk about it. And yet that's not the case for so many other people in our country right now. You know, the reality is stop and frisk probably isn't going to affect me as much as it is going to affect so many other Americans. You know, there are so many issues that I don't necessarily resonate with on a personal level and that's what makes it so easy for me to step away and disengage from this conversation but not everybody has that privilege not everybody you know can take a break from twitter for a day so i don't care if a lot of people don't like it i'm not going to shut up and i'm we're going to talk about it this week and we're going to hopefully try to find some resolution in a light-hearted but productive way does that sound fair to everybody today okay good Please welcome back uh, to join me. He worked very, very hard on the campaign. Um, and you were in, what, Boulder, Colorado? That is correct. Please welcome back Ethan Zachary Scott. Hello, friends. <laughs> I also have with me a very, very vocal tweeter. I've been following him. He certainly has not shut up about it. And I'm so happy to have him back on the show. Please welcome Zach Heltzel. Hi, Zach. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming back. I feel like you both have some very strong opinions about this. I'm so happy to have this conversation with you guys. Also, John Haltzwinger, who um, helped me cover the election when it was still happening, he's going to be back. He was supposed to be on tonight, but he couldn't after all. But he'll be back later on at some point, um, probably after Trump takes office. Oof. If that. That'll be such a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. But he'll be back to talk about it. He's the senior politics editor for Elite Daily, and he'll have some some answers for us, too. But I want to make sense of this, and I want to find some type of productive solution. Does that sound fair? Yep. Zach? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Good enough for me. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, let's just start. Ethan, how did you feel? Oh, gosh. Like, on election night? or Yeah. Oh, awful um i mean i had been working literally 
100 hours a week um, for months in a place I had never been before to try to make sure that Hillary Clinton was the so next president. So what was your exact role? Um, I was a field organizer. Okay. Um, with the Democratic Party. So I was actually working for all federal races. Um, okay. So that included uh, Hillary Clinton, Michael Bennett, and Jared Polis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's bittersweet for me because all three of them won in that county and also in the state. Um she won Colorado, which I'm really, really happy about. Um, but obviously, <laughs> she didn't win the whole election. And, I mean, it was crushing, absolutely devastating to me. I mean, for somebody that actually worked on the campaign, I can imagine that that would be so much more of a crushing loss. Yeah. And especially because I think, honestly, I didn't see it coming. I, You know, everyone was like, oh, she's got this in the bag. The polls are so good, blah, blah, right. She's going to breeze through. It's going to be a landslide. I didn't really buy into the whole landslide thing. I, mm-hmm. I really did believe it was going to be close, but I didn't for a second think we'd actually lose. No, neither did I. When we were covering the election, we taped the night before, so we taped it live. Oh, my God. We, when it was supposed to air the day that she was supposed to win, mm-hmm. and the whole topic was, you know, why maybe, why Hillary, why all the Trump supporters, why Hillary presidency won't be so scary and oh well God. you know let's let's focus on the positive and then i'm like well fuck now what do i <laughs> zach you're you were very animated and you've been pretty heated up about it why did it affect you so deeply it affects me because not only do i just have basic empathy for my fellow man, especially those most vulnerable in our society, um, the working poor, uh, gender and ethnic minorities. I'm also very self majority of our country. And I view. Yeah. And I, yeah. So I'm also very selfish because I am one of the least vulnerable people under a Trump presidency. And even still, you know, I feel like it benefits me and everybody if we don't have a neo-fascist kleptocrat as our president. It yeah. is incredibly dangerous. So I feel like so what's your a response? Of, so what's your response to people that are saying, "Okay, just give him a shot. Let's just see what he has to offer." I feel like we already have given given him a shot, and the time to give him a shot is over. Look at what he has done in the last couple weeks. He has put up for nomination Jeff Sessions as his attorney general. Now, for those who don't know Jeff Sessions very well, in 1986, he was nominated by President Reagan for a low-level federal judgeship and was not confirmed by the Senate for being too racist. There's no uh, more kind way of putting that. Um, Also, his chief strategist, Steve Bannon, former publisher of Breitbart, um, is on the record as a white nationalist, which is a fuzzy way of saying a ethno-fascist. See, and this is is the thing that I think so many people have missed the mark on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But this is where I feel like so many people have really missed the mark. Or they're like, well, Trump, you know, he said some crazy things, but, you know, he's not that bad. Or people that tried to say that he was the Trojan horse that was going to come in and, you know, and sway things Democratic. And it's... Like, now we're starting to see that, like, he's it's the people that he's putting into office. It's the people that he's bringing in with him that's more of the scary reality that we're now facing. Yeah. And it's 
it's absolutely terrifying, especially because, I mean, we did it on purpose. You know what I mean? It's one thing. It's hard to believe. You, you think of like, oh, it's a dictator. And everyone always wants to say things like, right. oh, the other side's evil, blah, blah, blah. The world's going to come to an end. But I mean, in this case, I mean, he is not Mitt Romney. He's not John McCain. He's not a good America loving conservative. This was not a Democrat versus a Republican no thing at all like i can't even listen to that argument or republicans that are trying to say that this is a victory for their side like it no this this was not that at all no he doesn't represent the republican party in my eyes he's not a legitimate opposition leader either he's just he's trump and he's he's crazy (laughs) can i swear on this yeah okay good he's fucking crazy he's batshit crazy (laughs) okay so let's talk about something because i literally had this conversation with someone the other day as they told me that everybody just needed to get out, get over it. All the protest, all the people that are out there protesting, need to move on because Trump won the popular vote. Trump won. No, he didn't. Exactly. So I want to explain what the difference is between the popular vote and the electoral vote, and how we ended up here. Ethan, do you want to take a stab at that? Uh, sure. I feel like you're the most well versed. Well, that. I mean the. They have the electoral college set. Um, the the whoever wins the popular vote of a specific state right. gets all of the electoral college votes from that state. Correct. Um, and the problem with that is, let's say every single registered voter in California votes for Hillary Clinton, um, that would be a huge lead for her, and she'd she'd blow it out of the water. But the problem is, is that no matter how much she wins, she's still going to win fifty five electoral college votes from California. It doesn't matter how many people turn out or not. Right. So it kind of evens the playing field a little, but it also kind of will skew it in one direction or the other. That in this case is very lopsided. It went the wrong way. It went the opposite way of the people. So do you think, because there's also a petition that's going on right now Mm -hmm. that says that the Electoral College should vote in favor of the popular vote. Is that, I feel like it's a long shot, but is that a, do you think that's something that could? It legally could totally happen. The problem is, is that if, they do that um, and they go with the popular vote of their own state, then Trump still wins because he won enough smaller states that add up together. So they would have to give... So we're fucked either way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Zach, do you want to weigh in? Absolutely. So there are about 3 million more votes uh, to come in in California. If they come in at the rate that they've been coming in so far, Hillary Clinton will have won the popular vote by around the same margin that George W. Bush won against John Kerry in 2004, which was considered a pretty clear, decisive mandate for Bush and Bush's agenda. And it is just, it's, if you're a Democrat or just a left-leaning liberal person, it should be extremely alarming to think that um, twice in the last 15 years and in – yeah, twice in the last 15, 16 years, the Democrats have won the popular vote and lost the Electoral College. That would mean that Two out of the last three times a Republican has won the White House, they have lost the popular vote. Uh, Democrats have won six of the last seven popular votes. They've only, the Republicans have only won the popular vote once in the last 28 years. That is a terrifying prospect if you think that the majority of Americans just do not want conservative Republican politicians and their policies – 
yet they continue to win over and over again. And for anybody who, regardless, Democrat, Republican, Independent, just the idea that what the American people want and what is happening because of how our electoral system is structured do not match up. And that's alarming. Do you think that we should trust the popular vote and get rid of the Electoral College? I do, but I don't think it'll happen because it would take a constitutional amendment, and that's just going to be so much effort and take so long that I don't see it happening anytime soon. But yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I agree. Um, Now, I want to transition really quickly over to the protests, because I feel like that's another big thing that's happening in the news right now. And this was another conversation that... um, that I had with someone, I feel like it's so it's so easy to dismiss the the community of protesters. It's so easy to say that they're just a bunch of high school kids. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just rioting because they want to be at a school or or they're just outraged. Everybody's just throwing a hissy fit. Like I've never been called like based off of like two tweets, I was called like a pussy and a snowflake millennial, which I still don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> And I should go back to my safe zone and like, I'm just, you know, we're just outraged and throwing a fit. That's basically what the protests are being called or or a tantrum and a fit. And I feel like it's so easy to label this community as extreme and to say that, you know, we're we're fighting for something that, that we have no, we can't change. And it's easier to write us off than really listen to what we're trying to say or to what other people are trying to say. What do you think about the protest? Is it, what's your take on it? I mean, there's there's two sides to it, in my opinion. One, I think protesting is incredibly important to democracies, and we should allow people to do that. That's right. the whole point. Cracking down on them makes no sense, and it's not going to lead to any any good. The only issue I have with it, um, coming from a campaign brain, is... I hope that the same people who are protesting did something in the election. Right. Because if you just sat at home and tweeted and yeah. like cried about it and then protest, that drives me insane. I made this point on the show <laughs> yeah. last time. I said, if you didn't vote, you have no right to go out and bitch. Exactly. And I said, if the vo- if, if it didn't go in my favor, then I was going to bitch because I sure as hell covered it for weeks and I voted. Yes. And I told people to go out and vote. Exactly. Because otherwise, if you're just out there to protest and you didn't vote and you didn't volunteer and you have no plans to do either of those things, you're just an asshole. <laughs> I <agree>. sorry. <laughs> Zach? Well, first thing about the people who complain about safe spaces and p- participation trophies. Yeah, I saw those come at your way too. are telling you to get over it. These are the same people who flip their lid whenever Starbucks releases a red cup exactly. or someone tells them happy holidays. These are the most sensitive, coddled people that the just the idea of them telling anybody to get over anything <laughs> is at best hypocritical and at worst like the funniest fucking thing in the world to me in like the saddest way right Um, but in regards to the protests people have to understand that they're not necessarily protesting donald trump they are protesting the ideologies and the rhetoric that were central to his campaign they are protesting Muslim bigotry. They are right. protesting bigotry Toronto, against Mexicans. Exactly. What they are he protesting. Represents. Not it, nec- precisely. Yeah. 
I mean, we're not going to it's not like he's not going to be president because people are protesting. I mean, yes, we have the option for the Electoral College to vote in favor of Hillary Clinton. But again, that is also a long shot. And it's not like anybody is trying to protest to prevent him from coming into office, because I feel like majority of the people that are out there right now have to some degree accepted that it's really not going to change. But because I know the the first night, the first Wednesday that the electro- that the uh, results were announced, I actually went out and I felt like I needed to at least witness the LA protest in downtown. I mean, I didn't burn any flags, I didn't destroy any property, and I also feel like that's a huge exaggeration on the news. They're going to cover those pieces way more than they're going to cover the peaceful protests. But when I was there, I felt like it was a coming together of people that are all on the same page, that are fighting for the same thing. We're not here to cause destruction. We're not here to throw a hissy fit. But we're also saying we're not going to go away. We still have needs that need to be met. This is still our country, and we have a voice, and we're going to use it. Yeah. Not to mention, people were threatening violent revolution if Trump didn't win. In 2012, Donald Trump said there should be a revolution in the streets yeah. because Barack Obama because Obama, Obama won. Romney. Yeah. And Former people- Congressman Joe Walsh said he was going to take up arms yeah. if Hillary Clinton won. And these are the same people now who are saying, give it a chance, get over it, you special snowflake, for peacefully demonstrating in the streets. What, is pro- what um, does snowflake mean? Um, so the connotation of the quote-unquote special snowflake is uh, a common conservative talking point that um, in order to be a liberal, you must be somebody who is so immature and coddled and spoiled that you expect everything to be handed to you, that you don't have to work for anything, that you're really sensitive and everything offends you and hurts your feelings yes. just because you're pro-civil rights and you think it's rude to shout racial and ethnic slurs at people. It's It doesn't hold up to any scrutiny and it's a joke. But it's also just this funny. is the this is the mindset the, the the word special or the word special snowflake is pretty funny because it's like, aren't all snowflakes special? <laughs> I just don't understand. So right? like, I think I'm special and I'm unique and bitch don't fuck with me. I'm beautiful. To and look I'm at. sparkly in the winter. <laughs> and also cold as hell. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? It is me. Yeah. OK. <laughs> so we're all snowflakes. Yeah. Suck it. <laughs> but then I'm also I'm like. I'm like, really, you're going to get mad at me? And then I go on your Twitter profile and I look at that you're tweeting about Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh hashtag Team Teresa. Like, really? <laughs> you're getting up in arms over the Real Housewives of, of New Jersey and then you're going to come at me for having an opinion about our country? Speaking of which, is Teresa out of prison yet? She is. Okay. Her husband's now in prison, though. Oh, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. Right? <laughs> Third bunch of videos. <laughs> Not all of them. Just them. Okay, um, we talked a little bit about Trump, the people that he's bringing in. We mentioned a couple of names. I think we're all not in favor of them. Um, But I kind of want to change the conversation to what's next. What does this mean for our country? What can we do? What's next? One thing I'm really concerned about is I think this election highlighted a really stark difference between uh, people who live in urban settings and people who live in rural settings. Right. And I think we are culturally completely different and we don't understand each other and we don't communicate well. Right. And I mean, if you look at a map of like what turned blue, it's all the metropolitan areas. Right. And then everything else is red. 
So I think we need to find a way to bridge that and find some common ground. And until then, we're just going to hate each other. Yeah, and it's going to be a constant war. Yeah, absolutely. And take it from someone who just drove through a bunch of rural America. (laughs) Yes, I visited rural America several times. I mean, some of those people that I know and have known for years also came at me. And I'm like, really? Zach, what do you think? Well, I feel like a lot of people who are, you know, coming at those who are still being politically active after the election, a lot of them are viewing it from the mindset that politics is like sports. They have a team. They rooted for their team. Their team won or lost. And now we wait till the next game. Uh, They don't really comprehend that politics is not some sort of tribal game. Everything in your life is political. Politics is incredibly influential in your life and this misunderstanding of what politics is and what politics means is why people only care during election years and they don't necessarily vote down ballot they don't pay much mind to um, who are they electing for their local water conservation district and when you realize that these people are thinking through that prism Um, No wonder they think that you or I are ridiculous because we're two weeks out from an election and we're parsing through the details of his cabinet appointments and like the annulments act like it's uh, to them. It just doesn't make any sense. See, so Um, so here's my conflict. I feel like how do we so how do we bridge the gap? How do we find common ground? Because I tried to have a conversation with somebody the other day, and, and my point was really, it's very easy to live in Los Angeles and to live in this bubble. And, you know, her argument was basically, you know, everybody that's upset is because all their freebies are going to get cut off, and that's my taxpaying money. And, you know, there were just so many things that kind of came down to, like, irrational, extreme arguments. You know, I tried to tackle it from every little piece and tried to come at it as calmly and rationally as possible and it just didn't go anywhere and i well for starters urban areas pay all the taxes and rural areas are (laughs) leeches on our uh, tax base uh but that's a whole nother discussion uh the just the idea that People vote conservative because they feel like their tax money is being used to give free stuff to other people. It's not based in reality, whether it be the policies that are in place, the policies being proposed, and how those that legislation is enacted. It's not happening. Therefore, how can you argue with something that is perceived by millions of people but is not based in reality? I feel like if there was an answer to that, the Democratic Party would have figured it out decades ago (laughs) because it's been throughout our lifetime from the moment we were zygotes. There have been millions of people who perceive the quote unquote other as these takers who are taking their hard work and not doing anything and living high on the hog while, you know, other their people are working and paying into the system. It's just not based in reality. Hello, they fucking elected somebody into the office who did exactly that. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, is that not true? I mean, they have... So, people do have a reason to be angry that they are middle class and they work very hard and they pay taxes right. and then there is a group of people who don't pay taxes, but for some reason they think that... the 
those people are poor and usually non-white. The right. reality is is that these people are crazy rich and super white. It is the Donald Trumps of America who don't pay taxes, who do not pay their fair share, and are leeches to the system. It's also it just- is not urban people in Metro Los Angeles who are the problem. Well, it's also just like he says that he's going to bring back manufacturing jobs to America. How the hell is he going to do that? Do you, do you really think we're going to make iPhones in Michigan? Like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know what he's expecting these people to do. It's He lied to them. And, I mean, well, they're going to find out. No, literally, the argument that I heard the other day was, well, of course he lied to us. Like, that's what politicians do. They yeah. lie to get into office, and then, you know, they don't always do what they're going to say. And I'm like, so wh- why Why did we vote for Why did you vote for him then? Like, where's, where's the logic? Okay. That so- was the only argument against Hillary Clinton, is that she'll say anything to get elected, which is true within the normal parameters of a politician donald trump is a pathological liar that argument holds absolutely no water at all at all i completely agree okay ethan i want you to to answer this next question possible what can people do going forward um they can get involved they can stay involved and that means they need to step outside of their comfort zone they need to volunteer for things they're passionate about like planned parenthood because it's about to be defunded they can make phone calls in other states for instance there's still a louisiana senate seat to win um you can make calls from home if you go to foster campbell's website and volunteer um people need to do that it's uncomfortable to knock on doors or make phone calls but that is what helps uh, Democrats win. That's what helps progressive values to go forward. So just stay involved. Don't wait until 2020 to care again. Yeah. Care tomorrow. Exactly. Um, okay. Now Guys, if you need Christmas gifts, give to the ACLU. Give yeah. to the Southern Poverty Law Center, the Sierra Club, the Anti-Defamation League. They'll give you certificates you can give to people that say, I donated $25 in your name to this organization. I just made your Christmas list for you. If you want to do something about Trump, do that. I think those are great points. Yeah. And everybody, I mean, now is not the time to to shut up and sit back and submit. Now is the time to act and to be proactive about our action going forward. Okay, I want to real quickly close out the show with a quick round of swipe left, swipe right. Um, let's talk about Hamilton and Pence. What do you think? Left or right, Ethan? Uh, is right the good one? Right is the okay, good one. Right. Left is against it. Oh, I would swipe right because it's the funniest thing of like homophobic vice president getting into a fight with a bunch of theater kids. Like, what right? the fuck is actually happening in America? I completely agree. <laughs> what do you think, Zach? Was it the appropriate place or? Um, this is a super like, not just a swipe <laughs> right. This is a super like. It is the role yes. of art and artists to challenge authority. And after November 8th, Donald Trump and Mike Pence are the authority. And Broadway in particular has always been a very important voice. They were the leaders in the artistic community um, for AIDS awareness. Um, There is precedent here for Broadway to be leading the conversation about civil rights and what is important. So, yes. Yes. Okay. Now, last one, Trump. Twitter account. Oh. Like, I feel like he needs to get off Twitter. <laughs> like, we just need to abolish that because your president, like, if the same person that's tweeting Team Teresa is as <laughs> irrational and off the wall as the president of your country, like, that's a little alarming. Yep. I think we need to swipe, swipe left to that. Swipe one. left entirely. I mean, it's just, there. you should act presidential, okay? It's the same thing as, like, you should be a duck in right. the water if you're panicking about something, but you have 
you know, your coworkers around you. You need to act Completely. like you have to keep your cool and he can't do that. Completely. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter. Ethan, what are your handles for everybody to follow you? Ethan Z. Scott on Twitter and Instagram. Zach, what are your handles? I am at Zach Heltzel on everything. On everything. There you go. Find him on <laughs> Tinder. Okay, thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter. Be sure to subscribe and listen every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, and at the Network Studios. We enjoyed some very festive spiced cranberry sangria cocktails in studio sponsored by Calafia Farms, so check them out. They have a new e-commerce website, so go to calafiafarms.com and order your holiday drinks now. Thank you guys for listening. I will be back next week. Bye. Bye.